This conversation touches on lots and lots of topics. It talks about dementia and old age, touches on the idea of assisted suicide, structural oppressions of various different kinds, bereavement, death, that kind of thing. It's quite a long conversation. It's edited down from an even longer conversation. In terms of that, pause buttons are your friend. Like I often listen to podcast episodes in a few different instalments and I get to choose when I pause and when I start again so they can fit into my days. I understand that won't fit with everybody's way of using their technology and that's totally fine and I'm sorry to lose you if I do. This episode was also incidentally recorded before the American election, although it's in the theme of the American election. And before the episode starts, I'm going to play you a clip from my other podcast, The Family Tree, which my dad mentions in the episode. And my dad is also a performer in that show. I do recommend people listen to that show from the first episode onwards. Skip the next couple of minutes if you haven't done that and you are worried about spoilers. knocked on the door and I have I have simply opened it and Mark was was taken over by a changeling. When I began making this show, I thought that I was making a human interest piece about what it's like to be involved in a Twilight Zone style mystery. I thought I'd end up either finding no answer or finding an explanation that was related to what we think of as real. But that's not what happened at all. Everything you do has some sort of consequence. This isn't a comfortable experience for me. I'm... Well, why are you doing it? But I feel like you can make a choice whether to transfer that or not. He knew that he wasn't really my dad. Well, there's obviously something weird going on. I don't know what's real. A lot of it's out there already. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, I get that. No, there's no changeling. I feel a bit like we're talking about it as though it's been resolved, and I don't know whether that's quite right. I feel like there's a lot more room for more things to be... Disgusting. Like, lots of people feel crazy, right? If we hold secrets or if we hold the truth from the world, it's going to get us a bunch. To treat it like any other information you might get to try and understand what might be happening. You have to answer those questions because we can't pretend that that isn't happening. It's funny when people call people different. It's like different to what? Obviously, I wasn't expecting <laughs> this. Yeah kind of um, confession, I suppose. This is the personal versus what's happening in the much bigger changes, but you've got to be brave and you've got to you've got to lead from the front. You didn't mention this in the first time we were recording, so I think it's fair to say that you were keeping things back. I guess I was a bit cautious of what it was explained as to the rest of the world. They've both known this thing that they haven't talked to each other about. And I don't know how they've done that because it's such a big weight. I did find out why Mark's dead body was not the same body as the man who had left his family 15 years ago. But the answer I found is not the kind of answer that people believe. If you listen back to past episodes of The Family Tree, then I hope that you'll see why, even though it seems impossible, I've come to believe it. I don't know who you are. You're not Mark. No. No, I'm not. For more information about the show, go to thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk. And help the family tree to grow by becoming a patron and helping to fund the show. That sounds pretty good. Does um, it? You can hear that perfectly. I, right. Well, yes. perfectly is a, 
word. complicated word. Yes. I mean, the microphone's adequately. More, the microphone's closer to you than it is to me. Oh, yeah, it is. Just, yeah. I mean, that's deliberate, Dad. Because yes, I'm, I assumed it was. I'm loud, and uh, was, everyone can always yes. hear me. But it's a bit closer to you. Your oh, your voice is a bit lower sometimes than mine. I see. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. So today we're getting better acquainted with my dad. Hello, dad. Hello. Um, And yeah... I mean, this is, you've been on a number of Getting Better Acquainted now, quite a, quite a lot. Yes, I, I, I remember that I have. I can't <laughs> remember them in, in, in detail. You can't remember them in detail, no. yeah. So, yeah, well, before we, before we kind of go on, we should mention that, I guess. Yes, I suppose we should. So you're like 92 now. Yeah. And because of that, you ha- um are not so good at remembering things. No, I've got dementia of well, some sort, yes. Some yeah. sort of dementia. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, but That's mild, really very, very mild dementia. Well, I, was with, I was with you in the doctors when you were given yes. this prognosis, and uh, I know that it, it, what was said was mild. It not is not mild, that the doctor's yes. necessarily right. Your lived experience well, it is, is it potentially is, no, more it is mild, because I know people who've had, had deep dementia, and, uh, you know... They literally can't remember anything. Indeed, it, it, you know, their life becomes memoryless. Uh, it, you know, it, it, therefore, it becomes very difficult and impossible for them. No, I, I can't. Well, I can remember broadly the, the sort of past, my past, um, but I can't place names and people where they were precisely and. Yeah, what they were called, and you know. To be honest, uh, you'll find out. Actually, yeah, well, 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 me, you'll pe- find out. People will be able to. Of my memory. People will be able to judge for themselves. I mean, my my view is that is that. I mean, I don't I don't argue with your experience that you are not remembering things as well as you used to be. I totally accept that. Yeah. But I also I think it's a processing issue quite often. Um, yeah, you, you can remember the memory, but you can't remember the words to... You can't find the right words for things. Often, um, yeah. But also I think part of it is... Well, I can't for, remember the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, have a more, you, you have more memories than you think you do, I have experienced when talking to you. Uh-huh. But also, um, you, like, because you are worried about it, you get anxious about it and that anxiety makes it harder for you to remember those words and I think that's something that everybody commonly experiences when when people forget a word (coughs) because you're stressing about what remembering it it makes it harder to to get it out of your brain but 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 for you it's it's a frustrating thing it's a constantly frustrating thing which makes the anxiety about it kind of have more impact on your on your ability to think I think that's my that's my cod psychology of your yeah you may well be right situation yeah sure but anyway we're not here today to talk about your dementia we're here to talk I think about your work life I think is what I'm going to go with yes because I recorded I've, I've recorded quite a lot of these episodes with you in fact that's what I was kind of saying 
before we digressed into dementia um that you like yeah you've been out on this on this show in lots of different parts of your life we've talked about lots of different areas um in fact you were on radio Four, the bit that they picked out to play from the from getting better acquainted on Radio Four was me and you talking about um, you losing like you losing your virginity. I think. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite an interesting thing. Radio Four. Right to be out there in on Radio Four, and you and you keep for, and because you keep forgetting what we've talked about, uh, I've had to tell you that that's happened quite a few times, and you've actually been surprised by that. Uh, all of those times, which is, you know, which is, which should demonstrate that I'm not denying that Dad has a mild form of dementia. Uh, but the word dementia is really, it gives off a, a false impression, I think, to people sometimes because we, everyone thinks Alzheimer's, but there's lots of other kinds of dementia. Everybody, the doctor said to you uh, when you got your diagnosis that everybody will experience probably a form of mild dementia as they get yes, older yes yes i mean it's old age is what you're yes yes experiencing you, i think that i mean i think it is increasing to an extent yeah 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 yeah. but your age yes. is increasing well yeah quite i yeah. mean you're 92 years old it's incredible to me because i mm-hmm. i did not it's expect incredible to me <laughs> well all right i didn't expect you to live this long well i didn't expect it i mean all my, my all my grandparents you know my my youth, when my grandparents died, they were in their seventies, and that was the except that was the expected age then. It's definitely been, you know, there has been an increase in long life expectation. Yeah, there are many people now in their nineties. Well, there were none there. There were well, virtually none then. Absolutely. There were eight, one or two people in their eighties, but most people died in their seventies, the latest. Right. Anyway, and also um, I should say, I know I said jokingly earlier on you can tap dance all you like, but actually it's picking <laughs> up quite a lot in the headphones. No, you don't need to apologise. And yeah, you, you weren't literally tap dancing; you were just tapping your feet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's going to be hard not to talk about uh, your age and 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 you know your your memory loss and all of that sort of stuff because this conversation comes at this time in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I'm doing it is partly because a few years ago, before you s- stepped into this new chapter of your life, um, we recorded a conversation about your work life on a train, and the sound quality is so terrible. <laughs> really? Yeah, that yeah. I don't, that I didn't want to use it, and also I, there's things I didn't really like about that conversation. So you didn't ever use that one. No, I haven't yet. Oh, I, I mean, I tried to use it. I was went to edit it in the summer, and I just the sound quality was so bad. Um, oh, dear. It, it was Sorry. no, no, no. It's not your fault. Well, no. But anyway, I wasn't entirely happy with that conversation. Anyway, it was a bit of an awkward conversation. We were in yeah, a train, yeah. and it was a busy train. Yeah, I remember it. Yes. And we were kind of cramped. We weren't at a table seat. We were in sat no, next I to. I can't each remember other. where we were travelling to and from. Uh, I think we were going to York. I think oh, uh, I was taking you up to York uh-huh. uh, to see uh, your daughter and my sister Jo because uh, that's where she lives now you yeah like that I, there were things I didn't like about the way that conversation went because as well you were drinking uh-huh. um, when we were having the conversation and so when we hit on Thatcher um, you understandably because you were drunk and ang- and quite justifiably angry at having witnessed Thatcher destroying coal miners kind of the communities that you'd worked in uh were destroyed by thatcher you were understandably angry and i think you called her 
a bitch, right? And the problem that I have with that moment is that I feel like it kind of, because it was a drunken moment, it misrepresents you. You don't normally use a gendered uh, words to describe um, people you hate. Um, but mm, Thatcher right. just went to something primal in you, I think. And yeah. I felt like it was kind of a hard thing to hear because I, <clears throat> I hate Thatcher, don't get me wrong, but I don't hate her because she's a woman. I hate her because she's uh, done unspeakably terrible things to everybody that I know and love in this whole country. Um, so I, I get why you hate, hate her, but that was definitely... I like, don't actually hate her. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. I think it misrepresented how mm. you actually feel. It wasn't just that it was a gendered yeah, insult. Yeah, yeah. You don't really believe in hate. No. <coughs> I believe she was a, you know, a, she was a right-wing conservative. Yeah. That's pretty bad for me. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you're tap dancing yeah. again, by the way. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I don't it's know right. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, I do that. I um, I, I jiggle my knee in, when I'm anxious about things. That's Are you bad. comfortable? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine. I mean, let, let, let me know if you're not, and I'll, I'll roll uh, us some cigarettes for yeah. us to smoke while we're talking. Right, If Good. you like. Yes. Do you consent to that, Dad? I do. I do. Um, so, yeah, basically... Uh, so we're going to go through your working life. Yeah. And part of the the other thing that motivated this is that very so, recently, yeah. So very very recently, in fact, yesterday I think you found out about this. So we yeah. don't have to talk about it actually, um, if you don't want to. Um, you well, found out. Of course, I, I'm very. I'm, you know, I'm very grieved by it. Yeah. I expected. I mean, he was uh, the death of Wolfgang Suschitsky. Yeah. Who was known as Wolf very in, in the later days of his work as a cameraman, right. director of photography, but was known in my day as Sue, right? When, when he was a cameraman at Data Film Productions, which was a, a document um, an a, a alliance of documentary technicians, a cooperative, right? Which I was in at the time. So he is a man who has both been known as Sue. As, which is kind of like this idea of the boy, uh, the boy <laughs> named Sue, yeah, and wolf. he's also been known as Wolf. That's true. Like, yeah. That, 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 yeah. He, yeah. He sounds like a very. He was a hundred and four. hundred and four years yes. old. Yes. And the guy oh, was. We saw you met him. I have met you? him. Yeah. yeah. No, I have met him. Yeah. I think I might have met him twice actually, because I, I, he was around quite a lot when yes. you were doing that Coldboard BFI retrospective of the work that the documentary films of being made about the coal mines yeah. and uh, other things like that was shown in the BFI. And he was at a couple of those and I was at a couple of those with you. Yes. So I have met him, yeah. I mean, yeah. And he, he seemed like a really nice guy. He was. He was, yeah, he was a very exceptional person. Right, and he's had a life. A like, brilliant cameraman. Right. I oh. mean, and photographer <coughs> in later life. And, and if, oh no, an early life. He was a, a still photographer. Right. And he worked, continued to take still photographs. Well, you know, I've got the two books. Yeah, no, that's one what which he was. Is of his still, uh, still photographs, and one which is uh, about his films. Right. 
exactly. And so in later later years, he's been doing. He was doing um, still photography again. Once, when, I guess, at the point where it became hard for him to do film, uh, I guess maybe that's when he moved. I don't know. There's an article about him in the Guardian that you shared on Facebook the other day that I have not yet read. Well, that's his. That's an obituary. There are several obituaries. Yeah, he was. So when did you? When did you? I guess it's the same when question. You, what was your first job, and when did you? Well, first that was the amazing Sue? thing about it's the same question. My relationship with Sue. Right. Well, I was seventeen uh, when I met Donald Alexander, who was had, was a friend of Harry Ray's, had been at Cambridge with him. Right. Harry Ray who, was quite a big. Uh, he was Harry a Ray was a teacher at my school. And was the biggest influence in my life. Yeah, listen back to different uh, episodes. I'll link to those about yeah. Harry Ray well, in, the, in the show. And uh, but um, Donald Alexander, who'd been at Cambridge with him, was a well-known documentary film director, uh, working for Paul Rother. Paul Rother, whose company was then called, uh, it was called Rother Films in those days. It became Paul Rother Productions later. And he was the big person in documentary he, film in yeah, that moment, right? Rother was, yeah. yeah. And anyway, I met Don Alexander and, and um, he, introduced, he got me an interview with Rother and I became the office boy at Rother's. <laughs> so I was 17. And, uh, so this was fresh out of grammar school? Yes, yeah. Which you, which you went to in, Buck, in Beckingham, in Penge, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were, you went to grammar school. It was a grammar school, school yeah. Yeah. It wasn't one of the sort of super grammar schools no. like Manchester or that. Oh, yeah, and you had, a, a, you had a, a lower middle class yeah, background yeah. and then you went to grammar school yeah. and then the teacher there in grammar in your grammar school went to Cambridge, was had come from Cambridge and so you had... Harry Ray. Right, and so he had connections yes. to people who... Yes. You know, which was so yeah. that was really yeah. useful for you, right? Oh yeah. So when he he was in the army by this time, but I, he, I wrote to him and he get he wrote and introduced me to Donald, right? Who I met and got this job with Rother. And you were the office boy. I was the office boy. So what did that mean? Well, you know, I was a sort of general factotum in the office, um, but Rother then offered me. I mean, with, with I was there with the hope and expectation of. Be getting some job in filmmaking, yeah. you know. And um, Rotha, when I was, I'd been there about a year, I think. I was there for a year and a half before I went into the army. Um, I'd been there about uh, nearly a year, I think. And um, he offered me that he got me to offer me this chance to direct this two and a half minute trailer. That, that was a little film that they used to stick on the end of newsreels. The, the, the newsreels were made by the newsreel companies in a normal way, um, but the, 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 the Ministry of Information uh, you know, sponsored these little two-and-a-half-minute films to go on the end of, of a newsreel, which was sent to the newsreel company, and they put it on the end of their newsreel. Right. I mean, and this was about the limit, lowest and limit, most limited form of film you could hope you could make. You know, so it right. was two and a half minutes. Or, um, so anyway, Rotha offered me the chance to do this, and I accepted happily. I mean, and and Sue, who was the senior cameraman there, uh, um, was was my cameraman on it. 
So uh, there are off I went. I was 17, Sue so was in her 30s, and you know, when I established cameraman and that. And we, we had to, I had to make this little two and a half minute film on the care of clothes. Right. Because they, they wanted to encourage people to look, you know, they, these propaganda films during the war on the end of this news were little things about various social things that, that, that you know, um, and this particular one was. You know, you should look after your clothes. Right. So and you don't have to buy new ones and all that. And this film is actually available online. I'll put a link to this as well. It's, it's available. I've heard. I've never found I, it. I, I've seen it. We were all sharing it on Facebook. So maybe I'll, I'll look it up for you now. I don't know how I'll find it. It's a while back. But it, it's, it's like... Yeah, I have vaguely heard It's like a woman it's putting her stockings on. and she got, It's a woman mm. putting her stockings on mm -hmm. and a guy putting his shoes by the by the fireplace and it's like don't yeah. do this it's, line of it's like a teacher yeah it's like a teacher telling people off but it's a bit it, it is quite creative the way you filmed it like in stop motion almost with her stockings going up and down her leg i think there's like some there's some interesting kind of d techniques you used which i think is quite interesting i didn't know you were 17 when you did it yeah but it's it's quite a fun it's it is totally propaganda and it's mm. quite funny to me to to think of you making propaganda, and I guess most of the films you made. Well, it was wartime. But all I guess all of the films you made in some way were a kind of propaganda, though. I mean, I guess we'll get to that later on. But the when you worked well, for the documentary film, no, not when you worked for the coal board, mm -hmm. you were working for the coal board making no. films that presented mining life. Yeah, and part of that was to kind of well, it, it was a slightly a there is a propaganda element to it. Well, um, no, the coal board film unit made mainly made films for within the industry that is to say t technical films instruction right. film that sort of thing but they made this one monthly newsreel which was shown uh, the idea was to show it in mining areas which were very big at that time right. to the public in mining areas oh yeah I mean it was a great thing and it went on for 30 years I mean so when I say it was propaganda I don't really mean it in a bad way in this case no, no. because to a certain extent those films had quite Kind of working class uh, socialist well, uh, undertones, the, the and the people, the people who made making them very them. often had those exactly attitudes. right. So it was a, they were films made by the coal board to kind of uh, Show reflect the back the communities, but they yes. were also telling you about like dangers and things like this. Oh, yes. Like they were they they had sort of lots of different. Well, they, the, they were public engagement. The point at least was that at that, that time the so mining kind of industry was an enormous industry in this country. Been the foundation yeah, of the of industrial revolution in ways, and you know it was. Of course it was, yeah, and and also, but so I think there's two, I think there's two layers of kind of like propagandaish things about those films. There's there's one there's the the cardboard's framing of them. There's the kind of it's like charities or like it's like businesses sponsoring charities or whatever. It's it's making them look good uh, as a as an organisation. Well, I think how the, like I was never part of this, but I think how the actual stories were chosen, they were suggested. There was a committee meeting each week. The National Cobalt had a films officer. Right. And every he had a monthly meeting with um, various people in the coal board, uh, and they suggested things that they would like items made about. Right. No, I'm not, so I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's in a way, I mean, propaganda at that time was for a government that I kind of relatively, at, well, when it began, like Attlee, the post-war government, um, that was about uh, that was a socialist principle. I mean, the coal board, well, yes, the, the coal board, 
is people owned the coal industry. Yeah, yeah exactly. The people owned it. So, I mean, so the people's propaganda, if you like. But then there was also even more radical, I feel like, undertones in a lot of the films because the people making them were more radical maybe than the uh, than the coal board would have been. Well, yes, they were most of them. I, think, I would think most of the people I knew in films those days in, in the coal board, in the data film, in data film, in it, they certainly were. Right. You know, data was a cooperative, a cooperative. Right, exactly. A cooperative yes. of workers. Yes, this is because I because I met a few of the guys who made films back when you did, and they, mm. they they don't all share. They're not as radical as you in their politics, but they're more radical than a lot of people in their politics. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's fine. I mean, I think that, that that's that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's bad to, to have made those films. The, the word propaganda maybe is misleading, but I think, I mean, they, they were public interest, public service films. Let's let's say that. That's better to say. Well, right? the, the morning review was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's try and get a little bit more chronological about this, and also kind of come back to Sue because I feel like there's lots more to say about him so when did you first get interested in making films why did you go to keep that office board strangely enough not really until i met donald alexander i was looking for a job at that point harry red already got me my first job or no no, my second job my first job was very brief with a, a ridiculous job that i was given by the headmaster's training association right but I escaped from that by Harry getting this job as Secretary of Contemporary Lithographs in Soho Square, 15 Soho Square, where for a year I was Secretary of this company. But the company was put to sleep for the war. So they didn't, I didn't have to have any qualifications or anything. I just had to sit in this little office and occasionally I would get a request for a lithograph which they were still selling a few they were still allowing a few of them to go out to schools but very occasionally that was uh, or, or I'd get invoices and things you know but I just had to sort of I was just there as a sort of somebody there to do something put them away or you know excuse my ignorance on this but what is a lithograph Oh, you see, I can't. A lithograph is a stone. You know, it's a form of printing, lithographic printing. Right. A stone. You you ask Tony about. It. <laughs> um, All right, listeners, ask Tony. But, uh, but the company. Or well, Google. Anyway, I, I mean, I only did that for a year so, or so, and then I got into films because I I, got, right. I wanted to do something else, do that's, something, and I got in touch with Donald with with Harry Ray. Harry Ray again. Who was in the army? Training. Yeah, this is, and uh, he he introduced me to Donald. And that's how I got into films. But I didn't have a specific wish to make films. It was just suddenly offered me this opportunity. Right. So you fell in. And then I, I got in, as I say, as the office boy, and I got this chance. And then after I'd done that, that after I'd done that, I became, I was made an assistant. Right. So I was making films in the last sort of last. Maybe the last bit of 1941 and 1942 until I got called up. Right. Uh, and I was then an assistant director. Right. So you got to be an assistant director probably at a younger age because the well, able bodied adults, men well, at least, were sent to war. So yeah. there was a little bit more opportunity in a way. Yeah. Well, then I went, uh, when I came back, which was in uh, 1947, that long time after. As I say, that by then this cooperative had established itself, 
and I had the chance of either going into that or going back to Roth and I chose the cooperative I went to the cooperative and then the cooperative got this contract to make mining review every month for the coal board right so I went on working for data film productions during the time that I was with them I made this I was continually working on mining review right then I had this brief year this two year training course for becoming a teacher and two-term teaching and went back into films because right. Francis Geisen had become a National Coal Board Films Officer. And he, he'd come back from, from South America where he'd been running a film company. And um, he wrote to me and I gave up, gave up this teaching, which I was fed up with for all sorts of reasons. Right. Uh, and went back into the Coal Board film unit, who were by then making Mining Review. Right. So then I was making mining reviews again, but this time for the Cobalt film unit. Right. I mean, that so went on until I retired. Right. That went on from 1964 to 1984. You were still freelancing when I was born, right? Oh, yeah, I was freelancing. Ah, yes. In 1984. Yeah, well, what happened is I... I in, um, and then you very After my mother after died and we, we bought, bought the house and moved up there, I... So changed from working directly for the Cobalt film I became a freelance right but you know what a freelance situation is when you have one particular client right who although I was it, it made very little difference to me except I got paid differently because I continued to work for them or you know when I'd made one film Francis had given me another one right and then when I was born, I guess, then you sort of was, retired or whatever well, shortly 18, afterwards. Well, 1984, no, 1984 I retired. So you were, but you were... The first two years you were alive, I was making films for the Cold Ah, Board. right. But you were... The Cold film, and it was closed down... Right. ...in 1943. Right. Uh, 40, 1984, rather. Right, in 1984. The, the year of the strike. Uh, right. You know, I mean, the last thing Thatcher's... The guy she put in charge of the coal board, and her <laughs> wanted, was was things like film units for the, you know why should we have a bloody film unit in the national industry industry etc. Let's get rid of that. Right. That's a real sort of. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So basically, when then that they happened, got rid of the mines themselves. Indeed. So when that happened, you retired basically at the end of basically Thatcher was directly linked to your full retirement, right? You went from being freelance to fully retired, and then that's when I remember you from. So yeah. all of my life... That's you've I not, was retired. Right, so yeah. all of my life, you've not been someone who works. Uh, you've been someone who cares. Um, <laughs> but that's not been the experience of any of my siblings, my older siblings. And it's also means that there's a big part of your life I, I don't really know about. I mean, I do know about it because we talk so much and we've covered so much of each other's lives, not just on mic. We do have conversations quite a lot of mic. In fact, we were having conversations long before I even picked up a microphone. I mean, yes. that's one of the things I've always appreciated about you as a father <coughs> is that we've had this friendship, I guess. Would that be well, fair to say? I don't know. Enough, we've, we've both I met people through that, that you've met my friends. Right. And I've met your friends. That's true. From your university and since and that, you know. Yeah, but I mean, that that said, I think all of your children's friends have become your friends. You've definitely been somebody who's made friends with a lot of people. You're very friendly, um, which is weird to me, so I'm not, I'm not quite like, I'm not like that. 
Yeah, but all of my yeah, so all of my life, I've not known you as a, a person who works, and and I didn't. Uh, no, of course. So for me, I mean, I knew you were into film because you were into film anyway. You love uh, Orson Welles and Citizen Kane, and you know, I did film studies at A level. You know, partly because of your passion for film has influenced me and interested me. But I never, and, and you know, you were a writer in your part time. You were always a writer. But once you retired, that became the other thing that you did a lot more. You wrote a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought of you as uh, the person who looks after the children and writes uh, books. I mean, you know, as an adult, it's a much more nuanced and complex relationship to you. But, you know, as a child, they were your kind of primary roles, I guess. <laughs> Although, like I say, you've always had this knack, I think, and you have it with kids now, of just treating kids like equals um and i think that's that so that very quickly <laughs> moved you out of a mythical state and into a direct human being i know and talk to and relate to in a, a, a you know personal way you've always kind of i remember having you know conversations with you about god and conversations <laughs> with you about death and all of these things growing up and you'd always just be like right yeah let's talk about that um, really? I don't yeah. remember any of this. No. Well, no. Well, I mean, I guess that's that's a, another sad thing about you not remembering. <coughs> Although I think you have more of a problem remembering. I think that's just you didn't experience it the same way that I did because you were on the other side of it. So you don't remember it the same way I did. No. I think no. your your memory issue is much more, I think, to do with short-term memory. You forget things that happened last year or last week loads and so I'm always having oh, yeah, to continually remind you of new information yes that's but the, the old stuff is quite well stored and you kind it, of it's no it's not it's, okay it, it's a Maybe different not. failure it's it's well it's within that of course that you then run into the, to the same kind of problem because you try to think of a cameraman's name Right. Uh, you know, I'm trying to I do it now. As yeah, I but think. that's, that's, that's uh, something that I do anyway. You do yes, it a lot but, more, but, but a lot, then, lot more. But, but then always also, also I'm, I'm not aware of my feelings at the time. Right, okay. In the kind of way that you are. You know, that's you can actually remember, oh, I said this to him. And he Maybe I can, Dad. Oh, I, I couldn't stand that. Not, well, all I can think of is, oh, yeah, it was awkward, wasn't it? It was something happened that day. I can't, you know. Yeah, OK, that's definitely a, a, that's a, a the, change. I don't, yes. I don't know if I remember my feelings accurately, though. You never really do. No, you I mean, always we, have. You rewrite stuff, and I misremember stuff, and I've got false memories. I mean, that's just being human. Yes. But I'm, I'm not but saying that you're not in a, a kind of more deteriorated form of it. Form yes. of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not denying that, ever. You know, your your experience is much more important and real than anything I'm going to say. You you know you better than anybody else. Maybe. I, Maybe. As much as anyone can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think outside perspectives are also interesting. I'm, I, but I, I do think that it's not my place to tell you how you feel. It's, it's you know, that's not what I'm ever doing. But I think it's, right. you know, I find you, like, you are not the same as you were. I agree with that. But you are still able to interact a lot more than uh, than sometimes you give the impression to out to people who don't know you very well. 
I guess. That's what I'm always aware of. And so I guess in this conversation, I'm aware that there's people who don't know you very well who might, you know, not listen to you. I don't know. Like, it's... I've, I've definitely... You've definitely made out that you're much worse off to people than you actually are. <laughs> and then they've been surprised at how uh, together you have been. Which, of oh. course, you don't feel like you're together. No. So I get I that. Well, I... <laughs> I never feel like I'm together and people no, think I but, am. Uh... No, I haven't got the same sort of unconsciousness in, in life, the sort of the naturalness of life. You're once constantly aware and thinking of one's situation and all this sort of thing. I find now, in this sort of old, demented area, you think much more all the time about what you're doing. Why, instead of just doing, you do natural things. You, right, know, you know, you walk right. out to the kitchen, or you go, you know, or you go up the road, you go and go, go across the road to buy something. But it's all totally sort of no, absolutely, absolutely. Now, for me, all the time, this is always all of this. I know becomes sort of oh, what am I going to do now? Shall I do? Oh, why? Well, I don't know. Do I want to? Do, you know. Well, so it's it's what I mean. You you lose normality, no, the sort I get of normality you. of life. I get you, and I mean you definitely like you know watching you game the system. Like you have to work out how to navigate the fact that you can't navigate things as well as you used to. Like you know, there's you've got various different kind of techniques to do things. Like physically, because you physically are not. As kind of uh, well, physically, things I can't do physically right. at all. That's what. In fact, in some ways, that's you know that, that that's that's a sort of basic underlying thing which really gets one fed up. You no, know, you can't use your hands properly. Right. You can't, you know, you can't put shelves up or. Yeah. You know, I know. I mean, I I don't know because I'm not used to, but I see it from the outside, and it breaks my heart. You know, not like breaks my heart, (laughs) and I'm sorry for you, but just like I don't like that that exists. You know, it it frustrates. It's like I mean, you know, it's like I don't want. I couldn't have a dog because I couldn't take it out. I couldn't really. I could take it out, but not on this regular daily sort of un un thing you don't think about. It's the natural part of life. Oh, dumb take dog out, take dog out for all. You know, that that's all gone. That kind of simplicity, right? Underlying simplicity, which allows you to be sort of complicated in your thinking or whatever. But you, because your natural life is running underneath you, and you know, right? No, I get that you. Now it's just yeah, right. And it's, it's like strange. It's hard to describe. No, I think you're doing a very good job of describing it, though. I mean, I don't. I've not experienced it. I can't. I, I don't want to experience no, it. Hopefully, but, you won't. Well, hopefully, mm. I won't. I agree. But I. I also. I see it from the outside, you know, and it is very, like it's just. I don't know. It just, you know, you. The, all of the senses and things that you enjoyed, you can't do as, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are much less of the things that you like to do that you can do. It was right, perfectly normal. This normality existed right up to nineteen to 2012, you know, that when I, when I started, when this started. Right, right up to then it existed. I know, and that's I mean, lucky. All the time I mean, at the end of the day, that is lucky. Well, all the time with apples for everyone. I know, I know. You know I was coming out with you. I know you were. That's my old band. With the camera, and it's, you know. Yeah, I know. When I was in my 80s then, wasn't I? I know, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you've always seemed younger than your years. Like nobody's yeah, ever been able. Said to me then. That's yeah, true. Nobody's ever that. believed your age all the time. Uh, when I was, you could believe up. it now. I mean, not looking yeah. at me. You could like, looking at me now. Right. I mean, this is the thing I really got. When I look in a mirror, <laughs> right. I don't believe it. No, that isn't me. That's not me. I'm not. You know, I really don't think now. I'm no, looking I, at no, you. I'm. I'm looking at you from something that isn't actually here. I know. What I think is myself. But when I look in the mirror, or that, that picture that Emma painted, or, or that uh, photo she took, rather. Right. Well, you, you, but that's that's right. Well, I mean, I remember you looking differently than you look. You yeah, I'm sure you do. I hope you do. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. yeah. It must be very strange. Though. Yeah. I mean, but then the, the the sad thing is though that the the last version of you that I will remember is this version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as you so, will have done with your parents as well, the last time you saw them. Yeah. That's the last time you remember them. I mean, your dad died Absolutely. very young, though. Yeah. So at the same time, I guess, you know, I'm very lucky that you didn't die young and you're very lucky that you've lived a full life, you know. That's a, a sad terrible. thing. Well, it's not your fault, though. There's nothing... There's no, no, it's not my fault. I'm not, it's, it's just terrible. I can't. That really... But, um, yeah, I get that. That's a tragedy you. for me because I did love him very much. And if I could remember his face, you know. But the thing is, it, it I, I, that would be the sort of background to. But your love stays regardless oh God, of your memories. Yes, it doesn't yes, matter. Yes. You experience the memories that. of when I did know him, that brief period, you know, up till I was 16. Yeah, and that can't be taken away. No. You know. And I've been very lucky compared to you. Like, you know, literally when you when I was, was it six, you had a heart attack. I've always... So <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah you, well, you would. I would, I would hope you'd remember Ooh, a heart I had attack. a great time after that, didn't I? I stayed down there in Cornwall for a year. Yeah, I know all of your so heart attacks and your heart bypass have been it, very yeah. happy for you. You've had a very lucky war. You've had a very lucky life. Yeah. I mean, it well, is a shame that, that you've lost so much, the, but you've had a lot. The quadruple bypass. I know. It's a major op. So I've always thought well, you I was were going to die. I was four days, wasn't I? I, yeah. I was the quickest I've ever been out of the... They said to me, you're the <laughs> fastest that's ever been out of the that's special... Right. What do they call it when they put you off the op? Special care unit, I'm going to say, because that's going to make yeah, you feel better. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, neither of those operations was... Well, I mean, neither the heart attack well, nor the operation were, were very bad one. You know, I was very lucky. Well, you described having a quadruple heart bypass <laughs> as kind of like a payback for the fact that you didn't see any action in, in, in the war. <laughs> well, I did say like, that. You knew so. people who died and you knew people who'd experienced actual life and death experiences and you didn't. You had a lucky war. And then when you had your quadruple heart bypass, you said... That was for you, your <laughs> war. You're, you were facing, <laughs> oh, really? you felt, you, you, you went into it with grace because you thought all of those, you were thinking of the people who uh, had risked their lives in the war when you I went in. I don't remember this. You now. said, you, there's I'm a recording. Sure you're right. I mean, there, there is a recording. You did it as a spark story. This is one of the, I think it's the only, I think you've done two spark stories. Maybe, maybe one, maybe the only one that maybe you did was that the one. Only one. Yeah. Yeah. So when you went back, you met Sue, as, Sue again. Uh, when you went back from the war, he was also yes. in, in the in yeah, Dayton. Yeah, he was in the. He was one of the people who'd left Rotha. Yeah. Although he went on working for Rotha later, you know, but uh, he was actually in the doc in D- 
data, the documentary technicians alliance. He was actually in it for a while, but then he left. Not, not, not sort of. There was no problem. Really. He left to, because he was going on. He was well. He was a very good cameraman, and he started to make. He, he went on. He was making some documentaries outside, and then he he went into features. As you know, he made Get Carter. He, he shot got Get Carter. Um, among mm. other things, right? Actually, previous to that, he'd shot a couple of features actually for Rother, right? But uh, and you were telling me, I think yesterday, you were telling me that um, he he gave you your confidence back again as a director after yeah. you'd had quite a disempowering experience with a cameraman who told you what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, what was that? What? Who well, was... because he said, uh, "I," he said, uh, "Come on, Peter, you're the director." You know, when it was just to choosing the what shots, what to shot. Take. Well, not exactly what the shot is, but where to put the camera and how to do it. You know, what kind of shot. Whereas the previous cameraman you'd had had been like, "No, no, no, I'll do it." No, oh, yeah, he no. That was he, his name was Reed of England at the time. He, he I, I worked with him for years afterwards later. But uh, on that first occasion, that first occasion, he he, he, he told you, yeah, I guess he told. I mean, he always would if he was given the opportunity. Right, he yeah. was. It sounds like yeah, right. People, he would just take, and in fact, he would take power. He'd say, oh, can, yeah, oh right, and he said, just say right, put the camera up, and that would be that'd be that. Where he, and you might think, well, oh, no, I don't really mean that. I would like it, you know, from a bit further from the side or something, but. Uh, Anyway, so you had years. He was a great guy too, yeah. Reed of England. He was a different sort of person, but he. But I worked with him for years later. Right. But on that first occasion, as I say, I, I, then, after having worked with him, I went to work with Sue, who said, "Come on, Peter, you're the director. Where do you want it?" Right. You know. Right. <laughs> so he had a big influence in your life, and I think also, I think, yeah. I think also because he's. Yeah, he was a great guy. I mean, he was very wise and. But he was also kind of an an example of of someone keeping quite a lot of an ability to live for quite a long time. Like he was, he died at one hundred and four, but he didn't have much deterioration before that. Did no, he? no, we we saw him. When yeah, he was ninety six. Right, last saw him at right. the BFI. He was going. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why he, or how he died, but I should find that out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a complicated time as well for you, because, like, you know, at 92, a lot of people keep dying. Well, most of my friends, you yeah. know, like Charles. Right, all of Charles your... Charles was a very close Your closest friend. friends, yeah. And Eric and I are not very good now, either. <laughs> at right. the moment. So, I mean, I guess I it's still like... I see Ron Cox every year. Yeah, you do. Exactly. He's my age. Right. He's older. Well, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's great that you're alive. I'm not no, trying no. to say it's not. Um, no, I don't know. I think at a certain point, you know... <laughs> yeah. Become, I, I still believe, you know, that human beings should be allowed to be treated by their doctors like Sam was treated by the vet. Yeah, I agree. Say well, you know, he's he's not going to get any better, and you know, there's nothing, you know, he's not, he's miserable, he's not, da 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 da. 
We both agree. But I mean, yes. I agree with the right well, to you die. I think, you sh yes, I think you should have the right to, to you know. To die, yeah, yes. absolutely. You if should. you wish to. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I absolutely think you should. And everybody who gets so worried about that being exploited, they're not completely yes. un unrealistic. People, or, it can be exploited. Suicidal people, for example, often change their minds but you know yeah. we should be looking to change situations that make people want to die yes. uh, if if we have a world that makes people want to die what are we doing about that but certainly if 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 you don't want to live in the conditions of your body in whatever that body is yeah, well, I you know and yes. you're of sound mind whatever that yeah. means i think you should have the right to yeah. die yeah. um but i can't give it you no you no, know, no only no, the state can. no 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 and I'm not, you know, that's the that's the thing of it. Yeah, you know, or you've got, no, to, no, just, no, or you've got to take it into it your own hands. But, yeah, you know, that's well, that's, right. that's that's the well, only. Yes, but I'm anyway, not suggesting. I'm not, like I'm not making I'm not, suggestions. I'm not like Sam was, you know. Well, Sam. I mean, he was. He'd reached the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you've reached the stage, and I'm not suggesting no, no. anything. I I want to no. make it very clear that I'm not suggesting anything. Uh, legally or mo morally or personally <laughs> but uh, I mean I just mean that that's that's your only options at this moment I think the state should change I think we should have yes. the right to die I think it, that's one of the well I, I don't believe in states but I do believe in the right to die no. but um but yeah yes, I think we can't make it happen program <laughs> what, your Andre Gortz <laughs> is your your big uh, thinker hero, hero. Well, he is, he is yes Right. I, yeah, he's, he's the found solution that is not recognised. Well, a tweet that I did uh, quoting you talking about Andre Gortz <laughs> and uh, mentioning uh, other things that you agree with, like fully automated luxury communism, I think it mentioned, and uh, various and intersectionality. Um, we're, we're all in this tweet. I mean, it was a glorious tweet. It is a utopian tweet that I'd like to live in. I, 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 I think Gortz has a lot of interesting things to say. I mean, he, he, his, main, his main thing for listeners, if you want a, a broken... What's, what's, it, what's Gortz in a soundbite? I couldn't do that now. That's precisely the kind of thing that I couldn't well, do well. If I do it, I did you it. can agree I or disagree, yes. I guess. So yeah. let's see. Um... So well, I can. The, don't, no, don't you do it. You'll the only thing I can say is that work and employment should not be considered the same. Yeah, exactly. That well, Dan yeah, was doing a gesture. Yeah. It, it's not the, the great problem. I think is that I do not think it's possible under capitalism. Basic income is possible under capitalism, but right. it would still be administered capitalistically, and it would still be, uh, it would be different. Right, now, universal basic not, income is I another not, thing that you I know. have now lost that that kind of ability to simply to uh, describe what Dawkins says. That's why in all these books I'm writing for the unfortunate people who get them um, uh, I, 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 I steal so much because literally whereas in the past I would have written as so and so says and then in my own words described what they said Yeah. now I, I can't do that 
So I actually have to say as Gort says, and then quote Gort, so I, which is contrary to copyright and everything else, but which I, well, you know the books, or you may not, I don't expect you read them. But, he uh, makes no money from them, and yeah. don't sue him. <laughs> yes, yes, right. He's 92 years old, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes, so I can't actually give you a, a sort of coherent, straightforward... Breakdown. ...of Gort's, which I would have been able to do. Yeah. But I just say, send people away to read him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Can it, we do that? Yeah, you, don't you have a thing at the end of this when you plug something? Yeah, you can, you can definitely <laughs> plug out Andre Gortz. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's basically that, you know, uh, sharing whatever work it, there is to do, reducing the amount of work we do and the stuff that's yeah. essential that people have to do for our own survival, like sewers or bin men or bin, bin people, sorry. Um, those things like sh are shared amongst everyone and everything else we just do because we want to do it, right? So we, if you want to do things, then do them. But if you don't want to do things, then don't do them. It's a great utopian idea. Yes. Yeah, Pragmatically, I don't know how we how we get there from here, and so I, anything that steps slightly in that direction, I would support. But ultimately, I think I politically agree with you on Gortz. I'm not kind of as excited by him as you are, I guess. But that's because I guess I got his ideas before I heard his name. I think you communicated his ideas when we were when I was a kid. I think I remember in Coventry on a bus we had this conversation about Ooh. work. And about like when we had this big conversation, and I remember you saying, and you know, and saying like we split up the all of the the, the the roles that nobody likes to do, and they only do a couple of days or hours a week or however it works with everybody collectively uh, pulling together, and that had uh, so yeah. that that had the effect on my, my politics. So when you've quoted him later in life and given me his books, they've had yes. no effect, and it's a little bit like I have this this I've had this relationship with with music so often you, you know sure you can go back and listen to the originals and you can see how they've influenced the people who come later but I heard the people who came later first so they've got them and other things so I'm more interested in them and I guess you had that and other things you had Gortz and other analysis and you were my dad so I had a relationship with you <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yeah, and so, so, so for me, I have never managed. Gortz has not obsessed me like he has obsessed you. No. Um, I guess I don't really want to be reading or supporting white guys. I mean, he was, you know, he was a Russian, but it's like he was. No, he was German who became a friend. Oh, okay, there you go. French. That's right, German. Yeah. Even, 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 even more white. Um, more as French, really. But, but well, French, German, whatever. Yeah. I want to like. I think the people we should be listening Austria. to and who should be leading us forwards into the future are not uh, a, 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 an old uh, white guy. However brilliant and genius they were, it should be young people of color who are not men. I think that the people who have had cultural power will have less to tell us than the people who have not had that power. And so they're, they're the ones who might have an answer for how to change this shitty paradigm that we have. But anyway, I mean, I think, you know, like, you know, this is an interesting conversation. It's gone in all very different directions From what you've than I expect. Uh, no, no, what I hoped. I never really know why no, I want to have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I guess I want to circle back to a little bit about the coal mines and something that you do have 
uh, direct experience of, even if you were a, an observer, of going into uh, coal mines and coal mine, mining communities. Yes. What was that like? That was terrific. I mean, what were those communities like? They, that, that, that community, that whole, com those communities were all destroyed by Thatcher. That was what, the, you know, there, there was no, there was no, no um, assumption of we're destroying long historic communities of, you know, valuable communities, which, I mean, I think, uh, and so we've got to offer them something else. It was just sort of, well, we got rid of all the bloody miners. I mean, it was, you know, it was quite a job being a miner. Right. And these mining communities, you know, where everybody in the street was, well, for a long time, um, they, they lived actually always, they always lived in very close communities. In the sort of 60s, they began to... Some of them began to live outside the mining community. Right, in the suburbs. Yes, it became... Um, yes, because I remember there were cardboard films made about that. And the technology changed during the time that you were in the coal. Oh, tremendously. Absolutely. From, from very sort of hand coal mining, virtually. Right. Hand and explosives, but hand coal mining. Yeah. To, by the end... They had already developed one, the, the mining, the, the mining research. There were two mining research institutes. We used to film in both of those, and um, one of them was working on an automatic face. You know, this digitalization had arrived, and the, you know that you 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 work the face from somebody up upstairs eventually. Yeah. You know. Um, but they never that never worked. That never succeeded. That was that was just right about the end. They were working on that. We used to make sort of films about the research. Um, and the other one was the under, other idea was underground gasification. You know, turn the coal into gas underground and bring it up. But that never. But anyway, during the time I was there, it evolved from that hand work to you know, power machines. And you documented... The names of which I knew absolutely. Right. I knew them, and, and the names of which I can't remember any right. of them now. I mean, I made films named by which had the name of some of them, but I can't remember them. And you document... I mean, I guess oh, you documented God. that technological change because that was part yes. of the job of, of reporting back on the well, coal yes. well, uh, industry and the coal yes, experience. Yes, that was one of the... Yeah, one of the things, a constant sort of... Up, uh, Recording of the sort of new uh, revolutions in technology, and you also made a film with the Pittman painters, which was made into oh, yes. a, a, a play uh, relatively by, recently. By what's his name? By, um, the, I, I, by you, the, you know his name. The guy who directed oh, yes. Billy Elliot. Yes, you know his and name. I, know. I don't recall oh, his name in this moment, and that is okay. Sad. He will not be offended if he hears, because you've. I've, I'm 35, and I've forgotten his name. Um, you know, that happens yeah. in life. Yeah. Um, but people, we've given them enough information. They're all yeah. right. They, yeah. they can, they can, they can deal. Yes. Pitman painters, that's good, yeah. But so the you went... Story, you, the, the play. Yeah. Right, the play. But you went and actually spoke to those people. So they were like a... a, a they, well, they were yeah, when he, was, he, he saw the mining review. 
He of saw the, your film. That's right. It was yeah, part. That was, was what part, inspired the play. It was an icon, right. which means it was a two and a half minute. That's right. He, he name checked you on front row, didn't he? That's why it's embarrassing to forget his name. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, so I met him. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I think I did as well. Yeah, you did. You were there. I think I was and when we went. This, and uh, this. Anthony Gormley as well was there. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that was a very strange night. It was very small. There was very yeah, small. See, I can't remember there the were details tini- of it. Tiny little aperitifs that were like fish and chips, but in like a a little tiny cup. Where was this? And then there was like some of them were. Uh, it was it was good actually. It was yeah, good. Some of them were like it? macaroni and cheese. They were like little mini meals. Yeah, it was in the BFI when well, you it had. Was it the BFI? Yeah, because you had a retrospective. There was a retrospective of your work. So the way that the, the narrative of your life went oh, is, you I'm thought sorry. you thought no one would like recognise or remember oh, no, you. There was that film. That was that. And then yeah, and then a, it turned out. I've forgotten that, the title of it. That in your later years, <laughs> I don't know from how I, but in your later years, um, th- there's been an interest in your work from scholars of documentary film and the BFI and you've been uh, interviewed for various books about that time I mean the thing is it may not have been out it, we never we may never have managed to get it out as coherently as I as as would be historically accurate on getting better acquainted but it's out there in books there's loads yeah. and it's out there in yeah, is, DVD yeah, yeah. box sets with yeah, you yeah. talking um, in the special features and all of that stuff like I've seen interviews of you talking about in your suit, using your best voice as you do when you're on mic. Yeah, well, Patrick. I mean, it's really, right, uh, Patrick Russell from the BFI. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he became he's, he's really interested in the Coldboard uh, film in it. But he's a friend, really, isn't he? Well, he is I'd say he is you, you guys yeah, meet yeah, up yeah, and I are friends. Him. I met him. Through. I mean, like, it's yeah. like, like I said earlier on. You're very friendly. You collect people. Well, you don't let them go. He's just a very nice person. Well, they don't let you go. I'm not sure which. You saw the the change in technology. You yes. saw the change in politics too. Oh yes. The disintegration and the destruction yes. of that. The of, coal mining. Of the coal mining the industry and the and the communities. And, and the communities. Yes. And it mattered to you because you lived. Yeah, those communities. Yeah, because you'd worked in those communities. Yes. So you've been there for weeks on end, right? In different. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. when you were filming. Certainly days on end. Right. So, sometimes weeks. Sometimes, sometimes weeks. I mean, if you added yes, it all up well, together, you know that probably... There was a great yes. tragedy of the the miner who died in the film that I was making. Oh, fuck. Um, I didn't know about that. He died... Who was... The, he was I, I'd written the script and the treatment and sort of discussed it with these particular miners. And he was the sort of leader of the... the uh, face team um, and he, he 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 died in a car accident the day before we were to begin filming oh fuck and that was Tony was born almost within days of that my brother yeah that's why he's called Charles Peter after the the minor he died yeah that's um that's touching. So yeah, that's it. So you knew that you knew those people, and you care about people, and you connect with people, and you enjoyed those communities and those people, and you were very sad. Well, yes, uh, and I made some friends amongst them. Right, exactly. Because we would go back to an area very often, and quite it's, a lot of time. Yeah. Right? So you could make the occasional sort of personal friend, you know, 
Right. So when you went back, you'd go and see him. You know, if you were filming in that area, you'd sort of look him up. I mean, it's very impressive that you do this. I, I, I could never... But I mean, all I, the rest I'm not of the that time, kind of a you were underground with the, the, you were underground with the face team, you know, all day. Or right, in a, in a dangerous environment. Well, it wasn't... It was dangerous. dangerous. It was dangerous. Um, it's, it, it, was it was less dangerous. dangerous. It was less dangerous gas. for you because you yes. weren't working on it. You were filming it, yeah. and it was less dangerous than it had been in the past. Oh, yes. It improved. Yes, yes. I was say, well, was it, well, I, a very great number of the Cold War films were made on <coughs> the safety films. Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You watched that that happen. You watched what Thatcher did to the country, and you know. Also, the system. To the, to the, she to was just a figurehead. Yeah. To those communities. But then, the thing is, I always find it so strange now, because, you know, now when I think about coal mining, I do care. Like, I care about those communities. And I, like, you know, I... Like, you know, the, the film Pride, I think, is a very good film, recent film, and I've spoken to, to some of the, the people who were involved in pride in that in the real life events and I care greatly about those communities in in many ways and I know people who've been in I mean we I grew up in Cardiff and uh so the valleys kind of communities I know what what the, what happened to them after that like I I didn't live through the time when those communities were like that I lived through a time when those communities had been devastated Absolutely. and so I know people who have connections to those to those uh villages and stuff like and I grew up in you know with with a lot of working class I'm not working class but I grew up with a lot of working class kids in Cardiff and I have quite an affinity to to that kind of working class culture and I can see what was love was I can see what what is beautiful about that kind of community and I've I've experienced that beauty but I think like it's weird for me now to hear about coal mining and be sad that it's over for two reasons really number one is environmental like oh, the, yes. the damage of, of, of uh, that we've done without knowing it like mm. those people who were mining didn't know that, that that's what they were doing um, and we're still doing it we're not reducing carbon emissions I mean to a certain extent the death of well, the coal we're importing coal right well exactly there's loads of there's still so mining of all kinds there's, there's gas mining there's coal mining yeah. there's there's oil mining some, you know we could have kept a few mines yeah so we could have done but then those mines would have been contributing to the death of the, of the whole of the planet not necessarily well, depends on how what you do with the you know the carbon that well yes necessarily because you can't burn coal without causing damage no, to the planet. No. You just can't. No. I mean, I understand why it, it, it's a cultural shift. People have to change the way we think about coal. But we do burn I'm not coal, there. Don't we? we do. I, we do. Uh, we I do. I'm part What's of the that? problem. Yeah. I know. I know you do. I'm part of the problem. We're part of the problem. Yeah, there's some coal right there. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It didn't come from the UK. And so, you know, there's, there's, there is that. But... So first of all, it's that, it's the environmental thing. But the second is the working conditions. Now I know that in some ways, the mining in this country, the miners' conditions were better than any miners in globally. And certainly when we had a more socialist leaning government, there was a time in this country that you lived through and I didn't, 
that Ken Loach made that film about, The Spirit of 45, right? Yes. That period of time, coal miners had probably better rights than they, they had done in the past, and they had... Well, they had uh, much better, and, they, right. and they were regarded as a very, very, you know... They were respected by respected, the communities yeah. and all those sorts of things. Absolutely. So, and, and I totally think that that, that stuff... Um, it's interesting to note, though, that, they, that their lives were better than a lot of... Like we have miners now, but they're in different countries and their working conditions are not even necessarily as privileged as those coal mining communities who, we, who Thatcher destroyed. And they shouldn't have been destroyed in that way. Like, I, I think you should never take away a big sense of livelihood without offering an alternative. Like, it's one of the biggest reasons why I'm... I mean, I'm, I'm pro-sex worker rights for loads of reasons, but one of the big reasons is, if you don't like their industry, provide them with an alternative source of employment that can give them that money before you just... Uh, before you take away their livelihood. Like, that is... What Thatcher did to the coal miners is what prohibitionists would do to sex workers if they had their way. Mm. But without, without necessarily knowing that they were doing it, because they may have different views that are misled by propaganda or whatever... But it's a, it's a complicated it's a complicated system. But the thing is, with coal mines, like yeah, mining in general is an exploitative practice. Um, it's you know the, the the mining that's happening for my iPhone that's in my pocket. The I, the mining that happened to it's not in my pocket. It's over there. But if, the mining that happened to create that iPhone is is horrible, horrific. What will have happened to the people in that supply line? Like the working classes weren't weren't we didn't get rid of the working classes in this country. When Thatcher killed the working class of this country, she, she did not get rid of the working class. No, they're just in different not. countries, mm. and they're treated worse. And we can't see them, so we don't feel. And I'm saying this as a complete hypocrite, and I don't know what to do. I'm a pragmatic person. I want to try and improve things. I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I understand better. I'm going to keep that phone for as long as I can. You mm. know, now it exists. Like, restart, say, the most ethical phone is the one that you already own. Like, if you keep that going for as long as possible, then uh, then it's, it's not creating any more carbon. It's not creating any more exploitation. Uh, so once you've got one, keep it is the... And, and maintain it and keep it alive. So that's what I hope yeah. to do. But anyway, you've got a phone now. I you didn't like realise that phones were... Uh, Unethical? Uh, yes. Yeah, no, it, there's, uh, like, Cobo... I think it's Cobo. Um, then that means that everything is computers? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Apple are terrible for it. I know you love Apple, but it, they are terrible for it. I mean, the, 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 there's miners who are exploited in the Congo, but there's also been wars for over over the, the the stuff that we want in our phones, like the war in the Congo. What, what stuff? What? Um, there's like a, a particular mineral. Oh, really? It's specific oh. to a part of Africa. Oh. And so there's been wars over that mineral. And also, um, when it goes from Africa to uh, China, the Chinese workers' rights in, within the factories there are not, not always uh, great at all. Um, so it's a very complicated world that we live in, this global oh, world. Yeah. And you've had this lucky life and you're now... like this, It's too late. You can't do anything about it now. You don't have to worry. But it's terrible like what goes into all of this stuff. And I don't know how we change it. But, but anyway, because that was a slight digression, looking at the coal mines, it's hard for me to be sad that those industries are over. It's easy for me to be sad that the communities have yeah, been destroyed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, that's... 
but coal mining seems quite barbaric to experience. It's like you have to go into darkness. You have to be physically like you breathe in fumes all the time. Like miners had terrible lung diseases. Yeah, they're, they're, you know. So that's not safe, but, is it? If you're getting no, lung disease, that's not safe. But although the mines were much safer at the end, actually. Yeah, no, I know. I believe. Yeah, I believe it. But I mean, the thing is that that safety costs capitalism too much, and so we've gone for less safe mines in different countries. Okay. I mean, and also there's less, you know, there's there's other resources in the world to to suck up, but there's not they're not they're not um, infinite. Like the coal won't last forever. Well, no, this is the thing. Nor will oil. I no, mean, this is a, this other big question, isn't it? I mean, it's a question I don't have an answer for. I mean, no. I'm trying. I, you know, of course, I'm. I have more stakes than you because I'm going to live in it. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to have children, so I have less stakes than some. But mm. I, I, I am going to live in it. But it has to be what do you call them um, when you make natural energy. Oh, renewable, re renewable, renewable energy. Renewable energy, yeah. Well, yeah, that surely what one should be that should be concentrating. Well, I, I agree. I, I'm, I don't know much, much about it. The people who I know that do know about it, I, I always watch with interest to see what they're yeah. saying and well, what they have some, to tell me. There's been this interest in, in wind energy, hasn't there? But the other one that was I thought before always seemed to be an interesting one was wave energy. Because, you know, when you think of the energy of the, the oceans, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an obvious... Well, wind. Source. It, it, and it's the, there. The energy is there. But there's solar power it. as well. You know, the sun. Yeah, is, solar power and and that. Yeah. But they just cut funding for the solar power in this country. I mean, they're cutting. They cut. Like the problem yeah. is, we have neo neoliberal and even worse. I mean, I don't know if I could. We can call our government currently neoliberal. I mm. I think you can call them proto fascist. <laughs> I, I mean, genuinely, I'm not joking. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not joking. I actually Great feel. I mean, yeah, absolutely. They're talking about um, going. They're talking about having lists of foreign workers, and like they want companies to disclose who are the foreign workers that they've got. They talked about that. They uh, they are talking generally in xenophobic ways about kind of controls on immigration. Uh, they they are re like. I mean, we've already had disabled people massively killed and discriminated against by the first round of the Tories under Cameron like we've we've already had like people on benefits like every day slashed and slashed and destroyed and um but we've also got you know an increase in racism generally in the country which is being fed by this Brexit thing um and so yeah I think we're pretty much fascist uh, but not. I mean, we've we've still got some control. We've still got some power, and they still care enough about their looks and and appeasing people. When everyone got really upset about some things that they said, they did yeah. walk back on that. But we'll see how long for. There's also, I mean, there's a very big change since Cameron, because what's her name? Theresa May. Theresa May speech mm -hmm. was the speech. Her, uh, you know, her opening speech actually she made. Was the speech of a right-wing Labour person? Well, no. I mean, yes, a right-wing, <coughs> a, a racist. That she a, continually a racist old school Labour. Must be for, maybe. That, uh, everything must be for everyone. Right. 
No, she is. I mean, she is purely ta- labour, labour sort of. A she's taken steps assertion. towards being. Yeah, she's trying to be popular. It's not the same as labour. She is she? trying to be popular. She she is um, she is uh, making a play for working class votes. I think that's yeah. quite clear. But she is also tightening up on her right wing side of the like in her immigration in her relationship to Britishness. Uh, she said, "What did she say? Anyone who thinks they're a citizen of the world is a citizen of nowhere." That is what she said. Okay. Yeah, she said anyone who thinks that they are a citizen of the world is a citizen of nowhere. She she is oh, is, is is so she's pushing patriotism. She's pushing xenophobia. She's pushing controls on immigration, tighter police forces. All of these right wing things are there within what she's saying. I mean, look at her her record as a in the, in the home home office, like like as the home secretary, like, but it. Like she's 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 going towards this populist stance of like being a little bit left wing on saying you know companies can't mess around with us, but she is a vicar's daughter, so there's a kind of moralistic right wing that well, she brings yeah. in. I'm not saying that. Personal, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's something to that that <clears throat> in her personal history that 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 makes her inclined towards kind of this uh, controlling people in in certain kinds of ways, but also seeing. Um, you know that the working class of people. I think she does see that, but it doesn't change the fact that she's uh, racist and xenophobic and using the working class, trying to get the working class to vote for her because she's saying, "I'll get rid of immigrants," which is that is anti-working class. Any working class person who thinks that getting rid of immigrants is not anti-working class is not looking at who the working classes are. There are lots of immigrants who are working class. I mean, I don't even like the word immigrant. I'm just using it because the papers use it. Migrant <laughs> is what I use, but I, I don't yeah. even know what to say. Human being that the home office has decided can't come into this country for no fucking reason. Like, her attitude in that stuff appeals to working class right, and her attitude around... The stuff that she, you're talking about, tightening up on businesses, seeing, talking about working people and all of that stuff, that's trying to appeal to the left, yeah. But she's trying to appeal to the working class in general because she's already got the vote of the middle classes and upper classes to a certain extent. She is the Tory party and people vote more often for the Tory party from those groups as far as I understand it. I am certainly not an expert, I'm just a person stating my <laughs> ridiculous opinion to my father. I don't think that's ridiculous. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm saying that for the people listening. I'm not saying you should think they're very ridiculous. It, it, but anyway, yeah, I think we are in a proto-fascist state. I, I hope I'm wrong. Like, if people who t- might tell me I'm wrong, great, good. Well, it depends I want on how to you be define wrong. I want fascism, to be wrong. Really, it depends on how you define fascism. Yeah, it does. If, if, with your de- within your definition of fascism. How do you define fascism? You're right. As someone um, who fought against <clears throat> it. Well, I mean, pure fascism is sort of Hitler. Right. So you mean like being nationalist and socialist at the same nationalist time? and authoritarian. Yeah, a little bit like what Theresa May is. Yeah. I'm not comparing her to the Nazis. I'm saying that I watched... She's- you know, I watched a video that I know you watched as well because you gave me the video when I was at university called Five Steps to Tyranny. And you, doubt, you, you recorded it on VHS off 
the TV and you sent it to me in Lancaster in my tiny little box room and I put it in my video player back in the day when we had videos really? and I watched it Five Steps to Tyranny and I think you know we're like at number four What's like I'm not saying we're there yet. Was it? I don't remember it oh, it's just a documentary about how the rise to fascism and how you can go through these stages in terms of power really I have no memory and it wasn't just talking about the Nazis fascism yeah. is in lots of different ways Variety. has existed all yeah. throughout history like oh, yeah. it's, it's part of the cycle of life it's to, to, to say that Theresa May is going in the direction of the Nazis is also to say that she's going in the direction of you know I don't know like the colonial forces that landed in America or Genghis Khan or like whoever like the, the Roman Empire there's been loads of imperialist fascist powers throughout history not the whole of the history of the Roman Empire no, some but at times well, yeah. right, was, some monarchies right yeah. but some monarchies exactly <coughs> so this, this, this situation where lots of people get killed for no reason because of the fact that everybody is drummed up into fear of each other that's happened all the way throughout history mm. and you know it's happened in this country a number of times we were as racist if not more racist than this in the 70s we, 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 we've had lots of in your lifetime there's been moments where we've stepped towards fascism Thatcher was right what did she do to, in all grief to the bloody miners Right, that's fascism. Well, did what did what did uh, what did you know? What did the, the the media do after Hillsborough? You know that the control, the propaganda, all of these factors that are that are connected with with people having power over people. That's happening, and it's happening across the world. Like we have, like like Syri Look at you know, you know. Ask the Syrians if we're at the point where you know fascism is happening they're being attacked by a number of fascist forces i mean maybe fascism's the wrong word i don't know like i don't really care like i'll happily change the word i just want people to to <laughs> to, to stop yes. to, yeah. to say right this is where we're going let's this stop your, yeah i mean that's what this is my yeah. life how you define fascism this is yeah. this is yeah. the life i've got to live through and make decisions in yeah like all, all i want to do is just make up ideas and create stuff like i i, I always have I but yeah. the, the world won't let me do that i've got to take a stand potentially i don't have to decide where to stand how to stand who to stand with who to stand against like that's i got a whole oh. rest of a life left and I don't even have any money and stuff well, like oh that's my immediate worry is just the, trying to get a keep... you got the show on though yeah I got the show yeah. that's great it's may change and art's brilliant but what does it do does it change anything I think it may well, <laughs> well I not love, immediately I love that you can still have but such optimism I... and romanticism well, I love it no I love it I, I, I wish I could I wish I, I wasn't 35 and already <laughs> like oh god there's no don't... choice there's no oh, answer no. No, I mean, I think it could be sensational. <laughs> my, the show, The Family Tree, that my dad thinks will save me and the world. Well, no, uh, I hope it Coming will. to a, I mean, an internet near you. You can never uh, actually speak, say with It's a possibility. It's a possibility. That's what mm. Yeah, I make stuff, so I still have some hope. And I live, and I have lovely moments in life. I'm privileged as fuck. You know, I'm not in Aleppo. I'm not in Russia and a gay man. I'm, I, I'm not in the UK and a person of colour. Like, we like to see, see these people far away and say there's nothing bad happening here. There is shit happening here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, 
you you watch the news a bit now. How does Jen? Feel but you don't. But you don't have to think as much about it. I, Jen, I don't know. I don't want to speak for her, but she. Is, I mean, we have conversations about this, and she yeah. doesn't disagree at all. That's what I mean. That's, yeah. I mean, we're trying in our own ways, and I, I've come to, to the conclusion that. But you agree about it. Well, making art and having conversations like this in public, even if I have said loads of ridiculous things that people don't agree with, that's something, right? That's, that does matter. It contributes towards other people thinking and, and also appraising life. And we can all do it together. Like, I believe in empathy, ultimately. I know it sounds pathetic. It sounds a bit like how John Lennon sounded when he said, love will save the world. Although he said that and he also beat his wife. So do pay attention to that kind of contradiction, I think, in life. But, like, when I say empathy could save us, I don't say that, like, with hope as, like, as such. It's just the only thing I can see. Well, that right, can possibly right, help right. is for each other That's to see I'm, each other as like it. human beings this is a, yes and and stop making these walls and building these walls and having these fucking presidential mm. candidates and all of this yeah. shit this is but how do you do that dad you don't know no i don't know how you reach it it's a possibility it depends. I don't know how the human race is going to develop. I know, nor do I. It scares the shit out of me. No, but I mean, I don't know, know how it's going to develop within your lifetime. No, nor do I. You know, it's, it's they're quite... And did you have, you have hope or not hope? Uh, <laughs> hope or not hope. Hope or not hope. I have hope. <laughs> I have hope. Good. It's, it's possible. It's conceivable. We've all just got to read Gortz. Well, I, I mean, that's it. That would help. I if we all did, that would be the I, ha I see that human beings have the light in us as well as the darkness. I see that human beings have the capacity to do great things as, as well as terrible things. I see that. And that is true. And I believe that. But I don't know how to unlock that from us and not have the dark sides as like I have both those things in me. I've done bad things as well as good. I have not always done the right thing. I have um, I do the wrong thing all the time now. Um, but like how I don't know how you bring those things together I don't know how you bring people together because there's so many things in the way so many I see so often like so men are dicks to women about when, when women talk about feminism often not all men but often men are dicks to women, right? Because, because well, be I, I, I think I think a lot, but but the thing is, they're dicks to to women, and they oppress women, and it's terrible to see. And then, when a person of colour speaks, suddenly in feminism, suddenly white women behave to people of colour in the same way that men do to them. to them and not yeah, just to people absolutely. of colour thin women do it to, to fat women like yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. like fat f fat women like <clears throat> they define as fat talking positively about fatness um, then suddenly have thin women saying no 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 not all thin people not all thin people the same way that men say not all men the same way that white people say not all white people the same way that uh, you know any group 
with privilege suddenly break. Like, I, I want to believe that if you're in an oppressed group, you don't oppress other people. But it is not true. No. Well, like, no, and so I try to make myself less oppressive as mm-hmm. much as possible. I know many people who do too. Like... Uh, you know, people in all intersections are who are aware of the fact that they have other intersections and they have privileges as well. I mean, I've spoken to many amazingly interesting and intelligent and like wise people who've experienced uh, oppression who talk about this stuff much better than I do. Um, and to talk about the fact that they're privileged and the fact that, you know, that being a woman of colour makes people think that they don't have privileges, but actually they're aware that they have educational privilege or economic privilege or whatever. So, that, But not enough people are aware of that. Like, the empathy gets fucked as soon as someone's privilege gets pulled out, right? Yes. So often. This is a danger, yes. I'm not saying it can't be circumnavigated. I'm not saying there aren't amazing people who do change straight away. But there is... No, there is always this possibility. And so because of that, like, we all have to give something as well as take something back. Like, we all have to let go of whatever privileges we have as well as gain the areas where we're not... not got things in. Right, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. Thank you. I don't know, like, you know, that's all very theoretical. That's not very practical. There's people dying in Syria. There's people dying in the the ocean trying to get to a place of safety. And if they get here, they won't be treated nicely. And that's the worst thing in the world. That they travel so far, it's so hard. I've spoken to a guy who is a Syrian refugee who did this. Like, I spoke to him at uh, Hassan Akkad at Spark London, where he told a story. Like, people who travel so far... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came from, he, was a, he was a teacher, and then the next day he was in a fucking war zone. And he's he travelled all over the world in terrible, terrifying situations. He's been tortured. He's, it's all sorts of fucking horrific shit has happened to him. And yeah, he has some hope, in a way. He has some hope, and that is surprising. Maybe that's something that human beings have to have. I'm sure he doesn't have hope all the time. But, like, there's real people dying, and I can't, don't know how to change that. Um, you know, and then also there's the selfish part of you that knows that people are dying, but they're just worried about not feeling anxious that day or not getting depressed or not yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or making enough money to live or, yeah. like, how do they deal with this traumatic event or whatever. Like, none of that stuff is more important than people dying, but it still no, is stuff that it, you can't get away from. No, I mean, I think that... Forgot what I was going to say. You That's got, the most annoying thing of all. You know, you actually have an idea. You've got it formulating it in words in your brain, and then, and then you, you know, and then it disappears. I mean, I have experienced that, but not as frequently as you do. No, good. I'm glad it's not as frequent. I mean, you used to forget things. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah. But then you know a way to find to you know say oh yeah you know but I, sometimes sometimes it takes me a couple of days to remember thing, something. Yeah, but then you sort of say, do you can say to somebody immediately, um, 
you can relate it immediately to something else. That's definitely, yeah, that's definitely a difficulty we now have that we didn't used to have. If we're looking at like qualitative differences, when you forgot something in the past, and lots of people on Getting Better Acquainted forget things all the time, you could give me clues that would help me remember it, or if not, those clues would help you remember it. Yes, And that's how most people experience it. then I can't remember the clues. Right, now (laughs) you can't give me any kind of thing. Like, Jen forgets films that we've watched, and I have to think of ways of giving her clues out of the film that that will appeal to her memory, like normally sensory moments or visual moments, rather than the plot. It's because you remember the whole film. Because I remember the whole film-ish. I remember the plot of the film. Yeah, yours. Um... To a certain extent, I'm, I'm lucky that I remember the gist of things, but it does mean I rewrite things or slightly misrepresent things. Like, I'm not someone who should be trusted listeners when I talk about history or, or things like that, because I just remember the, the plot. I don't remember the detail. I'll rewrite the detail, which is not good. My mind, I don't know I'm doing it, but my mind does that. Minds are fucking weird things. Yeah, but that's yeah. it. We can't even work out our own minds. How are we supposed to work out a way of Absolutely. improving? It's that's all right. Improving our, our our society. I mean, you you know, you don't have to worry, which I guess is good uh, for you. <laughs> yeah. And you've seen massive social change over your lifetime. Some of some of which is good and some bad, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you don't have to have an answer. Do you remember when you had? Did you, there must have been times in your life when you wanted, to, when this was a, when it was a, when your skin was in the game, when it really mattered to you to change the world. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yes, definitely. What do you do when know. you're frustrated? Well, in the like, early days, I, in the early days of my first marriage, I used to sort of be a labour activist. You know, used to go to an elections, go around, you know, with, it was Sheila and I did that together. And you wrote stuff. You've written stuff to try and get stuff changed. That's been one of the ways that you've tried to change things. You've been on a few marches here and there. We went on one yeah, together. Well, that one, great one, yeah. But, I mean, it's hard to work out how to change things. I mean, really, it's people in power that have to actually do that because they're in the position that they can do that. But everyone in power... Because they're in power, they're dicks. Like the, the, the system makes them that, this even is if they're not. In the political like I don't climate at the moment. What you're saying. I mean, I don't think Obama is a dick, right? But I think that the presidency made him into one. He did terrible things, as well as some good things in his presidency, because of the fact that he was in a system that allowed him to, or asked him to, or it was a pragmatic compromise to do so. I mean, I think he's been a great president in lots of ways and a terrible president in other ways. And anybody that thinks he's only been a great president is ignoring the deaths of people and the experiences of people who that, who are far away from them. But, 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 like, he couldn't change it. And he's been the nicest guy I've ever known be in power. Person, I mean, guy generally, but person. There are some women, they're as bad as the men. Yeah, yeah, no, he's... I mean, if Trump gets in in America, that is absolutely unspeakably grimly horrific. But if he doesn't get in, Clinton will get in, and she is not 
unhorrific. She's not as bad as Trump. I would vote for Clinton if I was in America. Yes. And I would hate myself for doing so, but I would. Yes, but I don't think she. Yes, she but but uh, I don't think that oh great Clinton got in is gonna is is actually something that people should be celebrating. I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong again. I hope so. No, there was cause she had that unfortunate opponent in during the preliminaries. You know, the choice who who was what Bernie Sanders left wing. Yeah, what? yeah. 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 And he yeah. didn't get in, but he, again, he was—he was still an old white guy. I would have preferred, you know, well, yes, someone who didn't look like Bernie Saunders to be in that position. Like, I want a woman president. I want a woman prime yeah, minister. Not, I just yeah. don't want the ones we've got because no, the ones we've got have come up through well, patriarchy. No, I mean, was a woman uh, prime minister. Well, they—they've come up through patriarchy, and in order to yeah. get to where they've got, they've had to play the game of patriarchy really well. Like that's what they've had to do, because that is what that's the only way women can get power and it's the only way men can get power as well <laughs> yeah. like gay men who get success have have done so by becoming part of the patriarchy in a worse way than they already were like but straight straight heterosexual white guys don't start out as the fucking people they end up as <laughs> like the only it's the, the, <laughs> the system makes them so yeah I suppose so yeah I don't rec- I wouldn't recognise the person who's actually sitting and having this conversation with you, because that's not that's not how I see myself. No, I still see myself back in a sort of normality. You know, anywhere between six and any time between six and sixty, I would say, or well, six and eighty-six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you think but, you're a different person than you? Oh used to yeah. Be. Well, when I look up in the mirror now, I think that's not me. Well, that's physical. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean this is a physical appearance change. I mean, I think your views have changed to a certain extent. Yes, as well, probably. Yeah. Well, we've talked about loads of things I didn't expect to talk about. We've talked for much longer <laughs> than I expected we talk. Yes. Me um, too. It's been fun though. How, have you found it fun? Yes. Yes. What indeed. do you think about this conversation we've had? I don't know what to think about the conversation because I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a, yeah. But no, I'm, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, if you compare it with any of the others we've had, my incoherence will become quite clear. My dementia will become obvious. I think it will. Yeah, that yeah. there is a difference in the way that you were to yeah, the way that you are yeah, now. Yeah, but I, I, also, I also do think, though, that you still have a lot to say and you... <laughs> are still pretty coherent about what yeah, you say. I've got, to, I've got to go on to saying things or there's no point in being here. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so the last question I ask everybody, I mean, we've covered what you did then and we've yeah. covered how we, how we know each yes. other just from the conversation we've had. But the last question that we, I ask everybody is, uh, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, Andre Gortz. Andre Gortz. Yes, please, everybody, read him. Yes. I mean, there are in two books, everything is said. Uh, a Critique of Economic Reason is the first one. The second one, I can't remember. Farewell to the uh, Working Class? It, no, 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 that, no that, that's interesting. But uh, the, the two positive future-looking things is, what did I just say? The a Critique of Economic Reason. Critique of Economic Reason. And a, a more recent book that he wrote, which is actually simply about the nature of work and 
its relation to employment, etc. Okay, well, I'll try and work out which yeah. one that is. Anyway, Lincoln. Yes. Anyway, read any Andrew Gortz you can. Yeah, I've read. I think I've read uh, Farewell to the Working Class because you gave me that when I was at uni. Yes. And I, I think Jen has read the letters. Did he do some letters? Yeah. Am I right? Him and his wife. There was that story. Yes. The love he, he wrote for his wife, with whom he died. Right. They, so they both did choose to die they together. Did choose to die together. Yeah. When they were Which much, was, when they were had reached the end of yeah. their lives when they were old. That was really beautiful. And he, they did. Uh, so there's a, like a, a beautiful kind of love letters book yes. out there as well. But that's just that's more right. for for yeah. spiritual and emotional yeah, nourishment rather than uh, to get some kind of critique on the world. Although maybe if, if empathy is the key, and I hope it is, then maybe those kind of things are political. So listen to read uh, Andre Gortz, and the last thing that I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Well, goodbye audience. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic. Everyone says that. Thank you. You can follow Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can like it on Facebook. www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk is one place you can find it. And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.